what is going on baby nate kennedy the new money podcast episode 16 how wealth simple can help kickstart your financial journey with aruni saldihi how y'all doing man got a real real special interview here for you today so i'm actually probably one of the biggest wealth simple fans out there and this isn't like a sponsored episode or anything i pray to like i wish it was guys i really wish you know i could work with them and stuff like that. this is just purely based on my love for the brand and what they do and so i actually reached out to aruni who will be coming on the show and you know she agreed to come on and i was lucky enough to sit down with her and chat about a lot of stuff we talk about financial technology and budgeting and how young adults can kind of get started and sort of how well simple can sort of help you with you know how simple it is and how easy it is uh, to get started with them so again really excited to chat about it we cover a lot of ground so let's just dive on into it baby aruni how's it going great how are you doing today I'm good. I'm good. Just trying to keep up and stay busy. You know, it's these times. How are you keeping up with it? Uh, yeah, I mean, same. It's been uh, it's definitely a weird time right now. Um, I'm actually camping out at my parents' house during this time. <laughs> right, right. Uh, so I, I kind of, you know, using this time to reconnect with my family, take my dog for a walk every day. Um, so it's been really nice. So despite the weirdness and trying to, you know, find gratitude. Um, I'm sorry, I'm feeling, All good, feeling for a lot of gratitude lately. <laughs> feel very grateful. Yeah, absolutely. Same, same here. Same here. Thank you so, so much for coming on today. Um, so really quick, just tell the people a little bit about yourself, your background, how you sort of find yourself where you are today. Yeah, absolutely. So currently I, I do work at Wealthsimple um, as a manager of client experience, but that was definitely not where my path started. I went to University of Waterloo to study psychology, and that has always been a passion of mine. Even now within Multiple Mental Health is something that I often talk about, um, whether with my team or with the organization. But, um, you know, as when I graduated, like uh, most new grads felt a little bit lost once I once I had finished school. So I found myself working at one of the bigger banks and it was a great opportunity. I learned a lot there, but the more I kept growing there, the more I realized that Although I like what I'm doing and I like working with clients, um, I wasn't really passionate about the products and the way that we were, you know, telling clients about them. So that's, that's kind of how I found um, Walt Simple because the values that they have really align with the values that I have. Um, and that's how I kind of ended up here. Awesome. Awesome. So how is fintech as an industry? You know, it's it seems to be a very emerging sort of thing. Um, with respect to the products that are being offered, people that are actually using them, et cetera. I'd imagine there's quite a lot of growth there. So how, how is it as an industry overall? Yeah, um, absolutely. FinTech is very you know, different than what the big banks. Um, it's a really exciting space. It has a massive potential. Um, FinTech in itself, within, especially within Toronto, feels like a massive extended family where everyone knows one another. Um, you, know, you know the other key players that are in the game. Uh, especially compared to you know the big banks that seemed very archaic almost when switching over to um, to startups into fintech world. For sure, for sure. So wealth simple in particular, what is your guys' value proposition? Like what? First of all, what what, what are you guys? If, for people maybe who might might have heard of you, maybe seen those cool commercials you guys do. Maybe what what are you guys? And then what's your sort of value proposition for young adults and people alike? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the commercials definitely stand out. I think that's what we try to do. So glad you brought those up. Um, 
Well, simple. Um, you know, we are an online platform uh, for investment, uh, for investing. So we want to be the most human financial services company. So I think, you know, originally when we had launched a few years ago now, um, the term robo-advisor is often thrown at us. And, you know, while we are, um, it is a robo-advisor in the way that the funds are invested, there's nothing robotic about the company. It's a very, very good company. But the benefit of it is that you can do all your investments online and you never really have to worry about watching the market, wondering, you know, what's going on, what Trump is going to tweet and how that affects your retirement savings. Um, you know, we take care of all that for you. So that's um, the way that Wealthful it is. It's on it's online. It's on the app. There's no physical offices for clients to come. But, you know, what we really just want to focus on, again, is being human and being a primary financial service company for our clients. For sure. So you talked sort of how you were with a, a bigger bank before and now you're, you're with Wealthsimple. Are you guys as an industry, you and, and other platforms such as Questrade, are you guys disrupting and almost kind of a pain in the side of the you know bigger banks, RBC, TD? Um, and, and how are they sort of combating you? Is, is there some friction there in terms of com competition? Sort of take me through that. Absolutely. I mean, I think Wealthsimple has been called a disruptor, but I think that we would agree if we say we're not really disrupting the industry. We all have the same goal, right? We all want to get to the right spot. We all want to help our clients. So I wouldn't really call us a disruptor because our our vision is similar to those of other institutions, but our execution is different. We try to be as approachable, as low fee, as, you know, um, kind of getting rid of any of the biases, any of the hesitation that people have when it comes to investing, we try right. to just get rid of all that and minimize it as much as we can. I think a couple of years ago when you know we launched, and again, when the fintech space actually started becoming so prominent, um, mm -hmm. I think that's when we would get a little bit more push. But now it makes sense because, again, like our clients know that we always have their best interest at heart. Right. Right, right, right. So Wealth Simple in general, from what I've seen, has has really evolved over the past few years. So would you say that you guys are transitioning transitioning into a more holistic banking platform where you can do all sorts of banking, checking, savings, investing, or are you guys still very much uh, an investment first platform? That's a good question. I think I think we do, you know, our goal is to be a primary financial service company for our clients. It, it, instead of seeing investment first, to be honest, the, what we say internally is tech first. We really just want to be technology driven first. Um, and then, you know, investments is something we offer through our technology. So we have over the years, you know, launched a lot of cool stuff. You know, we started off with Waltz and Full Invest, which is our portfolio management solution. But since then, we have launched Wealth Simple Trade, which is you know a do-it-yourself platform for our clients. We just recently launched Wealth Simple Cash, uh, which has lots of new features coming out soon. So there's different financial needs that our clients have, and we want to make sure that we can, you know, accommodate them and make sure that we're setting them up for success. For sure, for sure, for sure. So what is your role specifically with the company? So I work on the client success team. I do a little bit of everything on that team, as does I guess everyone in a startup. So I have a team that I work with really closely and I focus on taxes, I focus on estates, and I focus on general questions that come in from our clients. So, you know, I, I help um, be the advocate for a client internally for our internal stakeholders. I also work with my team. I have uh, seven direct reports right now and I work with them uh, making sure that they feel supported, that they're being you know, coached and trained appropriately to kind of help out, help our clients, whether it's on the phone or over email. 
Right, right, right. With your um, with your role specifically, do you get exposure to see sort of how you guys are evolving? Your clientele is evolving. Your your the platform users are evolving. Like, do you kind of see that, or are you more so within the business? A little bit of both. I mean, within our the business structure, I mean, our data will tell us the types of questions that are coming in, our client growth, um, and you know, we'll, we'll we can focus on the metric side. Anecdotally, just kind of communicating with my clients, uh, it's changed quite significantly. When I started at Wealthsimple, I spent majority of my time either responding to emails or talking to clients over the phone, you know, regardless of their net worth, anyone could call in and I would help them. And the questions I would get then, it was more so, you know, what is Wealthsimple? Is this legit? <laughs> what can you help me with? <laughs> um, whereas now, the I think our our clients and even the client, our new clients, they're, you know, they're doing their research. They, they know what's out there. They want to get a little bit more into the nitty gritty and they want to really understand how things work. So anecdotally, I think I've seen that transition happen, but um, it's a good transition because the questions are becoming even more thoughtful than they were. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that obviously comes with you guys growing and, and scaling and things like that. I guess more generally, do you, are you finding that you know, millennials, Gen X, younger adults are starting to show more interest in their personal finances. And in general, why do you think that it's sort of a taboo and neglected topic, especially amongst kids, for lack of a better term? Yeah, you know, we've done a lot of research internally about this as well. And I think, you know, if you ask anyone, I think the biggest thing that they say is that there's a lack of education around this. Mm -hmm. Growing up, we were never taught about investments. We were never taught about, you know, saving. I think... I learned about taxes in grade 11, but apart from that, yeah. Yeah. I have nothing really further than that. Um, so I think it stems from lack of formal education, I should say. And then from there, it just develops into lack of understanding. Even when I started working at the banks, um, you know, I was talking to a lot of my friends. It caught me off guard at how little they knew as well. Right. So, kind of, you know, you take that on that social responsibility almost to be like, okay, what can I do to help my friends? And tell them without, you know, giving them advice on their investments. They don't, you don't need to know everything, but mm -hmm. kind of taking that on that onus to be like, you know, everyone should be saving for their goals. We all have them. We've all been talking about them. Um, so there's at least some hopeful tips and tricks and stuff. For sure. For sure. And that's really the biggest thing for me too. Like the whole reason I do this podcast is like, I kind of had this problem where I was like, wow, like I, I see, like, not that I'm an all knowing finance person whatever right but i was i was again taking it back similar to what you said about how how little some of my colleagues or friends or whatever either care about it or knew about it or both right and so i think for me i didn't want to be nagging i didn't want to be like you said like going into other people's business it's just like what can i do to sort of address this sort of overarching problem and so that's why i love well simple so much it seems very in line with making it easier less scary just sort of seamless there for sure and you know i think one thing where something that is really close to my heart is that women also have a you know bigger taboo from joining and saving investments. So, you know, Wealthsimple has done studies. We know anecdotally that it's more prevalent for women. Uh, we're actively working on ways to change that, you know, by talking about the gender wealth gap, very openly publishing magazine articles about it. Um, we've, you know, tailored partnerships, webinars, lunch and learns, you know, whatever we can specifically to women groups, especially in Toronto, but like now digitally, um, just because we have seen that women are just more hesitant to start investing and start saving. But we also have seen data that women make better savers. So yeah. 
it's it's very you know it's a very complex issue of course and i'm sure we can do an entire podcast on that yeah <laughs> but, you know that's something that of course is near and dear to my heart but i think it's great what you're doing and i you know hopefully everyone who needs to hear that that can like get started with investing they don't need to wait for a magic sign or you know get a family member involved to teach them how to do it they can just jump in online and get started and that's kind of what we want to do for sure and that's you know that's really interesting i want to lean into that a little bit with sort of my research and from talking to different bloggers and people and all, all kinds of different stuff over the past few months alone i have noticed that sort of there is this there's this group like debt free group i don't i don't know if you know dave ramsey so he's he's this personal finance guy and there's this debt free community and a lot of them are women and a lot of the people that i interact with are women because they're very focused on budgeting accounting for their cash flow things like that and then a lot of my colleagues that are on the, that are blogging are more investment focused and more focused on business and making money and so it, there's these two sort of groups and what i always tell women that i'm friends with and things like that i think they differentiate themselves so much if they they're able to dive into the investment space because it shows other women that they're like a beacon right and and it really inspires them and i've seen and i've talked to a few that are way ahead of me in terms of where i'm trying to go with this and it's so inspirational to see what they're trying to do and um, really, really spearhead that movement of, of women investing and, and being and breaking through those barriers. Right. Absolutely. I agree. Like women do make better savers. And then when we did actually ask a lot of women, when we did our study about, you know, what causes them the most stress, more women said money stressed them out than men did. Mm -hmm. I think the difference was, you know, 36% women, 30% um, men had said money is their number one stressor. So it's interesting. It's such a complex dynamic that women spend more time worrying about money but less time actually investing in it and you know investing themselves um right. but you're absolutely right like you know even in my friend group um a lot of the women in my in my group whether they're in you know partnerships or not they do they take care of all the budgeting they take care of all the household accounting and then the conversations i have with their significant others is mostly around like you know they ask me what's new on multiple trade what should i invest in how's the market they're really different conversations. And again, it, it's just really, really complex. Like anecdotally, again, um, the, some of the clients that used to call me that were women, I used to tell them, they used to be like, you know, tell me about Wealth Simple. I, I want to get started. I've, I've never been able to. And then a few times this has happened, I would tell them about Wealth Simple, you know, how approachable it is. And they can call anytime. We have portfolio managers that they can get advice from. And I was always taken aback when a few of them would always hang up and say, okay, thanks for telling me this. I'm going to call my dad, or I'm going to call my brother, or I'm going to call my boyfriend, and they're going to help me. Mm -hmm. and, you know, not that there's anything wrong with leaning on support. Um, I do the same thing all the time, but it's, you know, just that confidence factor is missing because we're told that one gender is automatically better at this than others. Right. Right. And I think those, those, I think it comes down to like roles and sort of societal roles. Um, like you're saying, it's a very, very complex issue and sort of, I guess, stereotype for lack of a better term that, you know, men are go and make a lot of money and then uh, women sort of manage it. And uh, I think, I think it's archaic. And I think, um, I love that well, simple and, and different sort of forward moving platforms are, are breaking that, um, and really, really getting us to the place where we need to be. Absolutely. I, I think that's really fair what you said. You know, there's nothing wrong with asking for help or leaning on others, but it's it's definitely a very almost like an old fashioned orthodox way of thinking about it. You know, the, like exactly what you said, men make the money, women budget it. 
But when it comes to, you know, investing in the stock market or any other scary words, you know, men have the answers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I just, I, I don't believe that. Like, I genuinely do not believe, like, I, I understand that that's the way it was and they're starting to change now, but I definitely see sort of a, a brighter future ahead for, for all of us, really. So with uh, experience with your role with Well Simple, what are some hurdles that you guys are facing? Um, maybe before this whole thing, we'll kind of talk about that after, but uh, what are some challenges uh, for, uh, for the company and, and maybe for yourself? And, and how are you guys sort of navigate that? Right. Um, I guess with any business, uh, it's always, you know, moving at a really fast paced growth. Um, sorry, moving really fast paced and then keeping up with lots of moving pieces, keeping up with all the growth. Um, you know, for me personally and the role that I play within the company, it's always a balance between making sure that we're growing and doing what's right for the client, but also making sure that we're putting our resources in to stuff that you no know, clients have given feedback about or clients that have asked questions about anything we can do to make it easier for them. Right. So internally, um, you know, it's always about advocating for our clients, advocating for our team. I mean, luckily we work, I work in a, in a place that listens to that. That's why I can do something like that. So right. it's not like a tug of war, but it's more so a balance to making sure that we're moving in the direction that we want while still making sure we're taking care of everyone. For sure. For sure. So how has this sort of situation caused you guys to pivot and sort of, you know, obviously I'd imagine that well, simple being a modern company probably had a lot of work from home options, uh, remote options, things like that. So are things drastically different for you guys not being in the office or how, how is that sort of going? So, yeah, we definitely, we are not in the office. We made that decision, uh, I think almost six, seven weeks ago, right. time's kind of all <laughs> flying by, so hard to keep track, but yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, we definitely made that decision. So our entire company is working from home. We have a small team that goes into the office, you know, twice a week um, and only, you know, very, very few numbers of people that need to go there um, just to kind of take care of the mail, you know, make sure everything's up and running. So anything that we need to do that's administrative, we do have team members going. You know, our tech has been great. It's been amazing to kind of see the transition. It's been so smooth working from home. Um, so again, like, for me during this time, it's all been about gratitude and feeling really grateful for, you know, working at a company that allows me to work from home. And then also being able to spend this time with my family and being able to spend this time still helping my clients without really sacrificing that with our, with our, our company, like Baltimore, um, we did this great thing a couple of weeks ago where we wanted to reach out and help our community during this time. So we looked internally and saw if we had any friends or family who had experienced a job loss or a job break even um, due to COVID. Um, so we actually gave them like part-time roles uh, within, the, within the client success team. Wow. Uh, yeah, it was, it was honestly amazing to be able to do that. You know, a lot of people who didn't, who unfortunately were affected by this, we wanted to do something for a community. So it wasn't like a public thing that we announced. It was just something very quiet and internal. And we just, yeah, I think we had 15 people join our team um, about a month ago. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. It's really good to see stuff like that. And what I love is 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 how you said it wasn't very public. It wasn't it was a PR. It wasn't any of that stuff. It was genuinely just trying to give back and, and help help you guys family out. And that's that's awesome. That's really good to see. With obviously money being more on people's minds than usually is uh, in general. Do you think this is a really good time for young adults and uh, people alike to get a more of a grip on their finances? And, you know, obviously for me, I, 
understand it's a, it's a scary time and, and money, saving money might be the last thing that people are thinking about. So just sort of walk me through how you think people could maybe take advantage of this. Absolutely. I mean, it's definitely a tough time and there's no way, you know, we can downplay that. So the best you can do is like put your best foot forward, really try to focus on yourself, but still keeping in mind that, you know, it's impossible to be as productive and do everything you want to do on your list because right. it's very weird times. Well, simple, what we're doing is we're, you know, pivoting the types of content that we're also creating. Um, so like I mentioned, we do have a magazine, um, an online magazine, and the stuff that we're kind of releasing is more so targeted to this time. So, you know, what people should do with their relief money if they get it, um, how to think about their future investments, how to, you know, file their taxes online, you know, like anything from, I lost my job, what should I do with my savings? Should I pay off my debt? Should I go into investments? So the type of literature that we're putting out is more relevant to these times, simply because, you know, we feel a responsibility to help people out with their money, um, questions with their fears and their doubts. For people during this time, I think it will be a good opportunity to get more comfortable with managing your money and your personal finances digitally. I think, um, you know, it's more approachable for some generations than others. And that's kind of like a vague stereotype, but right. just generally speaking, but, you know, being able to invest online, being able to even file your taxes online with simple tax, which is um, one of our products now as well, you know, doing everything from paperless onboarding to learning about the stuff online to having a call with the portfolio manager over the phone. I think those are really great resources that are available. Um, so if you do find yourself sitting in, at home and, you know, during this time and you're like, you know, I should really start prioritizing my saving goals or my mm-hmm. investment goals, or I should have an emergency fund in case anything does like happen like this again, you know, that would be a good time to start doing some research on it. For sure. For sure. And with investing in particular, you know, I, I've seen a lot of people and different sort of uh, sources say that it's never been a better time to invest. And for me, whenever I see that, I just... I kind of shake my head because yes, like prices are a lot lower, stock prices, um, in-debt funds, et cetera. It's lower to buy in, but I think investing too early with everything else being a mess is not a good thing either. Um, and so sort of, I guess, what's the messaging been with respect to when you guys get that question, oh, should I invest? Yeah, I mean, I would agree with you. I think that everyone's financial situation is different. Everyone's, you know path to financial freedom looks different. Everyone's definition of financial freedom is different. I'm sure mine is different than um, a lot of other people's. But I think I think it's, you know, a two-part question. You know, once you do have your emergency fund ready to go, when you do have, you know, money set aside for savings in case anything happens, mm-hmm. uh, I would say it's a good time to start early, right? Like that's one of our rules for investing is the best time to start investing was 10 years ago. Like the second best time is now. So if you have money to invest and you're comfortable with investing, um, you should definitely get started. There's with anything in life, I guess, there's always going to be reasons to not do something. Mm-hmm. But as long as you're covered, if you're covering your bases and you're being smart about it, um, I think you should definitely get started when, like as soon as possible. For sure. With, with some of the uh, products that you guys have released, you know, you guys obviously had the the robo advisors and the you can just buy in any sort of amount if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Um, and then uh, well simple trade which you guys dropped last year. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's that that's been a pretty that's been awesome actually. I've been using that a little bit. I use that more so for my just single equities that I want to buy. Have you? I mean, this might be you might not be able to answer this, but are people in general um, using your guys' platform more since this whole thing started? I think like you're right in the way that more people are paying attention to their finances and to their investment portfolios. So, you know, I think that people are taking advantage of the market downturn, which is, you know, good. Again, it helps them achieve their financial freedom. But I think a lot of people are also just focusing on, you know, they're actually taking the time to review where they're actually invested. And I had a client call in um, about two weeks ago and, you know, she was like, I've been at the same bank for about 30 years. This is the first time I looked at my fees. So, (laughs) and she's like, they're insanely high. So you know, not to criticize the big banks, but I think people are really taking this time to review their finances and make sure they're actually aligned. Right, right. And sort of the last thing on the young adults and, and personal finance and things of like that, how are you guys making it, I guess, cooler? Are you guys sort of taking that angle with respect to personal finance? Because for me, like, that's one of my biggest value propositions with my podcast. It's like, hey, you know, I'm talking to you, like you and I are having a beer together. You know, I'm, I'm using <laughs> formal language i'm kind of more lax and and i'm not you know a multi-multi-millionaire i'm just a guy who loves this stuff and would Mm -hmm. love for you to you know take advantage and things like that so how are you guys sort of reducing the stigma and making it almost cool to manage your money Hmm. i mean again guess it depends on your definition of being cool i think no fees i mean low fees and yeah yeah. minimum you're super cool um But no, I think for, for young adults, you know, you kind of mentioned this at the beginning, but like the commercials are a little bit different. The website is super unique, um, all built in-house. Um, even the app is like very, you know, approachable. I think that's the biggest benefit that I've seen is um, extremely approachable. You know, it's online. You know, young people are more familiar with technology. They don't have an apprehension to downloading another app on their phone. Um, the user interface is super clean and easy to use. So. I think there is a kind of a good mix for, excuse me, like a lot of information, you know, if you're kind of want to be completely hands off and you're like, I want to put my money in something, someone tell me what to do and I'm not looking at it anymore. We have that option. And we also can give more detail to those people who really need it. So whether it's like investigating and looking into each ETF that we hold or speaking to a portfolio manager for free, um, you know, we can do all that and provide that for them as well. But again, like there's very low fees. There's no account minimum, which I think is also great for accessibility. You know, you don't need lots of money to get started and start investing. And so I think like those barriers, when they get minimized, it automatically makes you feel, you know, it makes you feel more empowered to download an app and be like, yep, I took care of my finances today. Like, what did you do? Right. Exactly. Exactly. That's awesome. That's awesome. So what would you say your advice for young adults is with respect to the personal finances to to thrive and to um, not only handle it, but take it to another level. What would you say your advice would be for that? My advice to young professionals would be, you know, I think there's two things. It would be like preparation and then determination, you know, like do your research. Don't be afraid to ever start looking into something, you know, make sure that you're preparing yourself for your future. Mm-hmm. And then if it actually comes down to the execution of it, you know, you can rely on a robo-advisor. You can rely on a licensed professional to help you with that. Mm-hmm. And then I think the second thing is like, don't just put it in an account and then never look at it again. Mm-hmm. Like, 
Yes, of course. I mean, in terms of investing, yes, but in terms of actually reevaluating, you know, whether you're on track or not, whether, you know, you've had major life changes recently, whether your goals have changed, like keep yourself, like be determined to make sure that you're actually getting to the place. If you're not, then, you know, have a conversation with someone, talk to someone, whether it's a portfolio manager, like I said, or your financial advisor, um, talk to someone and be like, I'm not getting to the place where I thought I'd be, or my goal has changed, or, you know, this is not my risk tolerance. I thought I could handle the fluctuations, but I can't. So kind of keep yourself, keep yourself um, up to date on what's happening with your money. Cause that's, that's, at, the, at the end of the day, like it just comes down to you, right? Like you have to take care of yourself. So I think with Wealth Simple, it's been awesome that you can get started. Um, you have lots of resources, lots of help available, but I wouldn't shy away from, you know, really teaching yourself about this concept because it's not as scary as everyone thinks it is. Very approachable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no doubt, no doubt. So with, with your personal finance journey, were you always sort of keen to it? Was there a aha moment? Because uh, I, I definitely have mine. Uh, what, what, what exactly um, has your journey with it been? So I, I, I don't know if it's an aha moment, but to be completely honest, once I graduated university, something just kind of changed in me. I think it was, um, you know, the student loan, <laughs> having to repay that. Yeah. I think the number on a piece of paper, I was like, oh boy, okay, let's try to think a little bit more about money now. Yeah. Um, so I think that shift into, you know, having having an actual loan, having actual responsibilities, having money tied to my name, um, kind of switched it for me. Cause I was like, what can I do to a minimize this, but also, you know, have the inverse of this sitting in a savings account. Like, what can I do to actually get myself out of this hole? Mm -hmm. um, and that's when I really started learning about investing. You know, that's why I was drawn to the bank and working there and learning as much as I could because I hadn't, I hadn't learned this in school. Um, similar to, I guess, other, perhaps other females, you know, I did rely on male members of my family to take care of it for me. Um, so, and all that was fine. Like I still lean on my dad a lot for, for things, right. but, but again, like, I think it was just like having that onus on myself to be like, okay, like I know I have goals. Everyone has goals. How do I kind of get there? Right. Right. And would you say that within your, uh, again, anecdotally within your friend group that I obviously work at well simple. So I'd imagine you're more inclined than most people with your personal <laughs> finances, but are you finding that you're finding a shift amongst friends and, and people that are uh, around uh, your age that are, at handling their money, being more on top of it, or are you, is your friend group sort of all aligned kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely changed a lot. Um, you know, when we all graduated Waterloo together, uh, it was really different. Our conversations were mostly about, you know, again, like our student loans and paying off this debt or, you know, starting a job and being like, how do you negotiate a salary for the first time? And you know, right. those were conversations. And as we've kind of grown a little bit, you know, we're, I'm approaching, like I'm in my late twenties now, our conversations are very structured around, you know, people's financial goals and making sure they get there. Like my friends are getting married or they're buying a home or they're, you know, I have a couple of friends that are going to be starting families in a couple of years and they're conscious of that. Mm -hmm. So even having kind of that foresight to be like, you know, down the line, I will, be having a family and I want to set myself up for future, like for success, we're having those conversations. Mm -hmm. It's definitely switched. Like not everyone is on the same page um, and not everyone needs to be, but I think just 
getting rid of that taboo about let's speak openly about money um, within my friend group has has helped so much because we can lean on each other a lot more. And were you a sort of spearhead of that or was it something that naturally sort of evolved? Hmm, that's a good question. I think, hmm, I don't like saying that I'm the spearhead of things, but I guess, <laughs> I, I guess without knowing it, I probably was because I would, you know, tell them about the clients I was dealing with at the bank or, you know, the situations I was encountering. None of them, none of my close friends are also in this industry. They're all in different industries. So, you know, when we share our stories or share, um, the stuff that we've learned, I think from there kind of started, like we all started pushing each other to be like, do you have a TFSA yet? No, you should really get one. Or yeah. like, how do you not have an RSP? You know, you should talk to your work about this. So having those conversations became a little bit easier. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I find that what I would like to see is, is those conversations you're talking about, like happening at like 19, 20, 21, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like when they're in, in, in the thick of it, because students especially like, and you, you can't blame them. Like it comes back to the old adage, well, we're young, like who cares? Yeah. <laughs> time, right. And so that's, that's, I guess, one of the hardest things. Cause I, I feel that like, I'm like, yeah, like I always say like, you guys got time, you got time, you got time, but it, like human nature, you're going to take time if you have yeah. it. Right. And so, you know, I'm really trying to figure out, okay, like, how do I not freak out kids about how much time they have? Cause like, again, nobody knows where tomorrow I'm going to be, you know, waking That's up tomorrow cool. like that. Uh, but at the same time, like we have enough time to uh, build for the future and look 20, 30, 40 years ahead. So it's this constant sort of thing that I grapple with, you know, like in my messaging. Right. And so I guess, I, I guess I, I just thought of this question, but how, how do you guys sort of address that? How do you tell young adults that they have all, like they have a long horizon um, but they need to start now. How, how do you how do you sort of navigate that? Yeah, that's definitely, you know, it is a, a tough balance. I mean, even looking back at the person I was at 1920, if you told me to invest my money and, and you know, on a TFSA as opposed to buying shots for everyone at the bar, I would. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I would be like, no, no, this is what my priority is right now. I need to buy these shots. So um, I think as a company, we're just trying to work with, you know, having unique partnerships, having unique ways of actually getting that message out. We do, we do go to universities, um, especially Western, our, our CEO and our co-founders from Western. So, you know, we go to Western quite often. Um, we go to different universities and we just try to like get the messaging out there again, because the best time to start is start like as early as possible. So if you have the means for it, you know, regardless of your age, once you're of legal age, you can start opening up investment accounts across Canada. Um, and for an RSP, there is actually no age limit as long as you made an income the previous year. So people might be qualified for these things and they don't realize. Mm -hmm. So I think just broadly, you know, having partnerships, having our website accessible, having, you know, a free app, if we hope, you know, gets the message out. But whenever I do speak to clients, whenever, you know, we go to like a campus or like whenever we go to like networking events around the city, that's the first thing I say to young people, because that's always their question. They're always like, can I do this? Like, is this okay for me? Um, mm -hmm. you know, I don't have a lot of money. It's like, that's totally fine. Like if you're okay with investing this um, and you understand, you know, the basic concept of investing and you understand that this, what this money is going to be doing, you know, with the magic of compounding, like this is a good decision right now. So I think it's, you know, there's macro and micro levels that we try to get that message out. Absolutely.
with, and that's, you know, it's funny you say that because I think there's, there's two things there. So there's number one, a, a lot of people don't see it. They need to see it to believe it. Right. And so I think what you guys do actually a very good job of is that calculator that, or that, mm-hmm. uh, that graph where it'll be like in 10 years, this is where you're going to be. And I remember when this was years, right when you guys first started, I got an account just because I wanted to check it out. And, um, I remember being like, dang, I need it that much. <laughs> By 25, if I just put this much away, and so like creating that sort of excitement, um, I think is 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 really really awesome to see, and 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 breaking down that stigma of oh I don't have money I can't invest like people you know generally think that you need to have a lot of money to invest and that's that's not true at all and and so yeah it's it's really interesting it's definitely really interesting to see that sort of light bulb go off in, in kids and things like that. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. I, I think we were at a campus event. Waterloo a couple years ago and I had, you know, um, a young student come up to me and ask me a bunch of questions about working at Walt Simple. And then towards the end, you know, when they learned that they could invest, like they just got so excited because (laughs) they were just like, oh, I can do this too. Like I can, you know, and I think it was like, again, like a feeling of empowerment, a feeling of like, you know, you're not just a little kid, you have ideas, you have goals um, and you can think for your future. So I think that was, for me, that was like a really, it was a really like, cute moment where this, you know, young adult was really excited about investing. Um, so like, maybe I'm like dork now because I get excited about these things, but, um, exactly. I think like getting rid of that, you know, whatever bias or stigma you have in your head, um, can open a lot of doors for you. Yeah, no, you're not a nerd at all. Cause like my, like my heart like explodes when I, when I see that in people's eyes, when they realize, you know, Oh, I can do this. Are you (laughs) Or like they'll tell me like, hey, like I one of the biggest things that I love personally is is negotiating um, in general and negotiating bills. That's not that's something that people don't do enough. And with loyalty and budgets in place to you know take care of uh, clients and retain them, I was pushed. I'm like, hey, listen, like it, you just gotta ask. And so whenever you know a buddy of mine or a friend or whatever comes to me and says, oh, like. I got $30 off my phone bill. All I did is I just had to push or something like that. It, it Again, like it really brings this sort of empowerment. Like, yeah, I can do that. And it, it doesn't yeah. need to just be investing. It's anything to do with money, right? Exactly. I think money in general is like this black box in people's mind. Um, so just being able to like ask questions and doing your research and, you know, again, like just not viewing as like scary, dark thing. It's just a regular thing that everyone has. Or everyone like you know and you want more of which yeah, is yeah, yeah. i think it's like i think it just opens that door to really learn more for sure for sure mm-hmm. well aruni that is really all i have for you today thank you so so much um i feel like there's a few topics that we hit on that we could just go all day long but i'll, I'll spare you. <laughs> uh again thank you so so much for coming on no worries thank you for having me and uh, i think what you're doing is great i'm i'm sure that a lot of young professionals who are listening will you know, jump online and learn more about investing and how to get started. Thanks to you. So um, this is great. Thanks. Uh, thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. I hope so. I hope <laughs> so. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much. Take care. Awesome. So my friends, there you have it. I absolutely loved chatting with Aruni. She was so down to earth, so well articulated, and it was just so awesome to learn about 
Wealth Simple more in depth and what she does and talk about all kinds of different things to do with personal finance. So really, really enjoyed that interview. Guys, please let me know if you're enjoying the interviews. I'm an absolute feedback junkie. I want to give you guys more of what you want. So if you appreciated the interview, if you liked it, if you want to see more of it, please let me know. Shoot me a message. You know where to find me. Instagram at New Money Podcast, at The New Money Podcast. Got a cool episode coming this week on relationships and money. I'm actually going to bring my girlfriend on the show. It's going to be a little different, a little bit more uh, laid back, but it's going to be really, really fun. So stay tuned for that this Sunday. But yes, really hope you guys took away some good stuff from today. And yeah, man, that's all I got for you. So I'm out this mother. Peace. <laughs>